This episode of Sessionable is brought to you by Dave's Travel and Events Group, who provide a whole bunch of awesome beer experiences, including brewery tours, walking tours, and events packages. Dave now runs half- and full-day bus tours in Canberra, which means he can get a behind-the-scenes look at the ever-expanding beer landscape of the nation's capital. Check out info on that and more from Dave's at daves.com.au. All right, on with the show. Sessionable. Welcome everyone to Sessionable. I'm sitting here with a couple of legends from the Thirsty Cow Brewery in Wagga. How are you guys going? <laughs> yeah, good, good. We actually, so Thirsty Crow, we're from Wagga, so Wagga Wagga means place of many crows. Um, we've actually been invoiced one time Thirsty Pro. Pro. Yeah, Thirsty Pro. So I was like, as soon as I saw that invoice, it was like, if I ever start a brothel, that's what it's going to be called. <laughs> so, yeah. so thirst, yeah, thirst, Thirsty Cow, Thirsty Crow. It's a good joke. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, welcome Craig and Miles from Thirsty Crow Brewery. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves and talk about what you do at the brewery? Uh, I'm Miles. Um, I'm a Wagga boy. Wagga is a country. Born and bred. Born and bred. Nice. Went to the uni at preschool, went to uni, and then jumped into craft beer. Craig took me on after working at the uni bar for a while. Nice. And then I left to work at Tipples Tap and a couple of other venues in Brisbane. Yep. And I've returned. And now I'm helping build the brand and sell good beer, plus bringing good beer to Wagga, places of not good beer. Awesome. Besides the brewery. So what was it what was the uni bar like in Wagga? Um Ted. Twees. <laughs> Extra dry. Sounds about right. And before that it was Goon and Juices, which was a good time of my life, but can't do it anymore. Yep. I think most venues around Wagga were doing two fifty middies of Goon and Juice and we we're doing two dollars at the uni bar. Wow. Standard. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't remember much from that, but it happened. I guess it's the same with every every uni, right? Like, yeah, I think every uni has cheap drinks going. Yeah. But in the country, it's a lot cheaper because there's not much going on. It's the country, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Craig, how about you? Um, how long have you been with Thirsty Crow? <laughs> yeah, I've been there from day dot. Um, yeah. So I started it. And head brewer, owner, cleaner, everything. Everything, um, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and obviously, original, well, not obviously, but... <laughs> Originally from Wagga. Yep. Um, was there till I was 18 and then moved off to Sydney and then did the uh, Ballarat Uni course back in the day when brewing wasn't popular in maybe 2003, 2004. Yep. Uh, ended up at Sunshine Coast Brewery having never brewed a batch of beer before and the only brewer and I was there for a year and then I moved on to the Hunter Beer Co for a few years, which was awesome. Learned a lot of things to do and what I do for my own business and yeah started Thirsty Crow after that so it's been seven years in business yeah wow a couple of years kind of planning it yeah sick yeah so tell us tell us about Thirsty Crow and like how, how it how it started and how it's developed since then I mean I, I went I went there a few weeks ago and it seems like a pretty cracking place but obviously you you haven't really had a venue for that long um so yeah t- tell us about how yeah, you guys started it's, um 
So we've been there seven years, and this is pretty much like version two. We've been around for we've been at the new place for a year and a half, and we were at the original place for five years, and we we're renting that building. Um, and after the five years, we're kind of in a position where we kind of continue that five-year rental, or uh, we seek out other opportunities. So we purchased the building um, that we're in now. And it's much bigger and much better, but it's just going to take time to kind of get back on our feet and keep on developing it. And there's some grand plans. Um, but I think a lot of people, when they rock up, especially Sydney and Melbourne, people are pretty surprised yeah. of the venue and yeah. what we've created. So, yeah. And that and that's just the start. Like, there's so many more things that are going on that we want to do that we're just, you know, you got to wait for a bit of a cash flow. you got to yeah, yeah, yeah. Build, build the brand again and, and it's restarting the whole business. Yeah. But it, I feel it's a pretty impressive joint to come to. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think so as well. And, you know, uh, uh, how, how, are the, how are the locals receiving the venue? I mean, are you getting a lot of local support for yeah, 100%. Thirsty Crow? Yeah. We, um, you know, when we started in 2011, craft beer and what we were doing was yeah, yeah. very, very gimmicky very and weird Wagga back and, then. Yeah, you know, Wagga's 20 years behind Sydney yep. and Melbourne in in return in regards to uh, craft beer culture. Um, so we've we've created that, and we definitely the the original beers and some of them that we're still brewing were very much gateway beers that kind of just gently pushed them along into that direction. Um, but then since then, you know, we've definitely brewed a lot of beers that are more out there and challenge the locals to have a crack and have a taste and tell us what they think. And we've definitely built that craft beer culture in Wagga. Yep. Uh, and we have a great, we rely on locals, you know, what are you coming to Wagga for? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so we, I mean, we, we, we rely on locals and we've got a great, yeah. we've got a great cluster of locals to uh, rely on. Yeah. I mean, like we, we went to Wagga specifically to yeah. go to Thirsty Crow. I mean, I, I don't think I, there's any other reason for me to go to Wagga. So, uh, no, Unless <laughs> unless we open the Thirsty Pro. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you guys are very well known for drink uh, making cracking cra- uh, dark beers. Um, I'm having one right now. I'm having the Dark Alloway Black IPA, which is a fucking awesome beer. Uh, you're famous for your vanilla milk stout. You relaunched your Road to Ruin tonight at the Royal Albert. Uh, how how does the Wagga crowd respond to your dark beer repertoire? Being behind the bar, I would say when it's 44 degrees in Wagga, most of the regular punters are still drinking pints of vanilla milk stout. Yeah, wow. Um, out of all our beers, Craig has mastered the vanilla milk stout, and it's elemental. I guess it's the introduction to dark beer to a lot of people. Uh, females, males, they can just take it on. You just give them a little splash. Yeah. And they just recognise the flavours of chocolate and coffee and then the vanilla and milk. It's yep. really easy just to drink. But yeah, overall, when it's summer and it's really hot, that people are still drinking pints of it and you're like, okay, cool. That's yeah, awesome. And That's awesome. Yeah. It, the, the vanilla milk's out. Like, a lot of people are starting to know why it came into existence and it's a completely factual story that in May in 2011, we didn't have a dark beer and we had this fucking epic cricket plague and customers would open the door into the brew pub and yeah. there would be hundreds of crickets that would fly in to the venue <laughs> it was like it was embarrassing and funny all at the same time it's like okay we've got to brew a dark beer just to cover them up so if they go into the glass no one knows 
<laughs> and and that and that's how vanilla milk stout kind of came to existence um and i guess it was more so trying to create that gateway beer where you know boys and girls like sweet stuff so yeah. it was always going to be okay let's everyone loves sweet stuff let's except, make except milk for stout. Our let, producer let, lee yeah, yeah well <laughs> for the most part they do yeah, you yeah. Know? so it's like okay we'll make milk stout now everyone's making a milk stout yeah um and throw in a bit of vanilla to um, accentuate the sweetness. Yeah. Um, so, as well as the fact that I think for a place in Wagga, if it was a wine bar and it was red wine and you're trying to tell them it tastes like cherry growing on the eastern side of the hill, um, you know, people aren't going to pick up those flavours. Whereas, like, vanilla, chocolate, coffee, yeah, they're going to get those characters. They Everyone's kind of feel a bit it. of confidence yeah. about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, you're not bullshitting, bullshitting them. That's what it tastes like. Fortunately for us, it was a cracking beer from the from the onset, and it's been popular ever since. And for seven years, we've won four golds, trophy, uh, and a silver for for that beer. It's um, so we've brewed it consistently well. Yeah. <clears throat> so from a dark beer standpoint, I think I think the water has a lot to do with it, like just the okay. chemistry of what we've got, and I think it's. It's very difficult for us to brew pale beers mm. that taste perfect yep. and perfect to me. Yeah. Sporting Ale, which is our Kolsch, won the trophy for Best European Ale in 2015 at the Australian Beer Awards, um, which is an absolute surprise, and that's our big selling beer at the brew pub because yeah. it's just, you know, it's German Golden Ale, so it's yeah, yeah. nothing that's going to blow them away, but then to go, you know what, it's actually a pretty good German Golden yeah. Ale, um, and for the water that we've got, like, that was probably our best achievement. Yeah, okay. Uh, but brewing, going back to brewing dark beers, you know, dark alleyway IPA, which I'm drinking as well at the moment. Yeah. It's a cracking beer. It's uh, And that was our first IPA that, w- that we then made year round, you know. And I only brewed that because my girlfriend at the time liked black, I- black IPA, so yeah. we brewed black IPAs. Now she's my wife, so it must have been pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and and now Road to Ruin coming back. Um, you know, I don't think we've brewed it for two years. Um, we're kind of in that relocation mindset last year, so we didn't brew it. And I think this year, it's only six months old um, since we brewed it, and it's it is a cracking beer. It is a really good beer. And the Royal Albert, this is the last keg that we're selling. And then we're just going to squirrel it away for twelve months and re-release it next year. Obviously, brew a batch for the following year. Yeah, I think that's um, a good strategy. Like you know, yeah. just kind of keep it limited, keep the demand up for it. It's a really like yeah, uh, yeah. I first time around, it, it had a lot of it. It gained a lot of hype. Yep. And I personally didn't think it was that great. The first time around, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, this time around, I think it's a bloody yeah. good start. I mean, it's better than I remember it yeah. from the last time. And the last time, I really loved it anyway. Yeah. So And, the, and there's pressure in that. It's like I was yeah. saying to Miles, it's like, you know, probably two months ago when we when it was still in conditioning, I was like, eh. <laughs> I'm not gonna sell it, you know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna send it to Sydney. People can come to Walker, and I'll only give small amounts, and we might blend it into something else because it's. I'm, I'm not a massive fan of it, and yeah, you know. Fortunately for us, we can. We've we've got lots of we've got lots of tanks. We've got lots of tank space, so we can kind of sit on it and condition it, and we're not in any pressure to rush it through. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty OCD with the quality of our beer that comes out. Um, that's good that's, that's and, I th- and I think the range that we've actually got out 
at the Royal Albert tonight kind of shows that. Um, so speaking of tank space, um, we've so we've been seeing your beers in in Sydney specifically a lot more now. Um, I'm not sure how it's going down in Melbourne. Uh, I guess you're closer to there than us. Um, what's what's the um, what's it like expanding the brand and outside of Wagga? Are, are you kind of apprehensive about it? Are you very enthusiastic? I'm going to start first. Um, so, I feel the drive to Melbourne is much nicer than Sydney. <laughs> because when you go to Melbourne, you see the Sid- you see the city and you sort of duck around a bit and then you get into it and go to it. So, I'm the one that's driving the beer. I'm hand-selling or emailing, phoning, and then hand-delivering the beer with a smile to the venues. Um, so, I find Sydney is a bit more rugged to get to certain places, as Melbourne has a lot more, I guess, changing taps. But overall, the brand and the quality of the beer, people are loving. Um, locally, people drive two hours to the venue to get the vanilla milk stout or a couple of the beers. Like, people already come to it. Now we're delivering it. I think it's good that we're starting small. It's building it slowly, not rushing into it. Back to Craig's quote of OCD, quality is a big thing for us. Yeah. And that's important. It's probably better to stay small and just get it right every time rather than going big and losing what we started with. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Philosophy. But yeah, overall, yeah, people are loving it and it's Wagga is a very iconic place. Every like RAF and army personnel, male and female, come from Wagga. Yeah. As well as like it's a big uni town, so like a lot of people have come from Wagga to study uni, TAFE or like agriculture industry, like big industries, and then left. So when you say six degrees of separation, like in Wagga it's I'm pretty sure it's so much smaller. Like <laughs> yeah. everyone knows yeah. Wagga Wagga. Yeah. So it's a good place to be selling good beer. Yep. How how's um so selling beers in Wagga? How's it uh, how, how's your kind of spread throughout the bars over there? Going at the moment it's, we're building. I guess back to the previous question like how's craft beer evolved in Wagga? Yep. I guess it comes with taste like I can't say the brewery was the first one to start a lot of taste, but like the coffee culture's grown a bit more, food culture's grown a bit more. So overall, it's grown a little bit more. It's still a lot backwards. Yeah. But overall, people are more inclined to come. And now, like, with the big brands coming through, like, Dan Murphy's, like, in town and BWS, yeah. we're like, we're independent. Like, we've been there for a long time, and people know we've been there for a long time. Yeah. Which is good. Uh, look, for the most part, and especially in regional New South Wales, the the venues that the big venues are dominated by perky venues, and and the guys that run that care about bottom line, and and pokies coming in, so they can just call up and get from one rep and get their full range of beers, and that's what they do for the for their beer ordering. Well, great. You know, and that's what I said about twenty years behind. So Wagga's just going to take time with that. So in the in fortunately for us, um, there's been a couple of small small bars open that that were on tap. Um, the RSL Club, which would be the most popular place in town, has actually got our beer on tap. Yeah, um, and it's it's just starting to knock on doors now in Wagga. Yeah, but it's it's just a long long way behind. Yeah, uh, so. All we have to do is just keep on making our venue the best it can be and the locals that come in have a great experience and think, you know what, like, yeah, let's let's have that again or can I get takeaway or can I have it at the barbecue and, and just get the word out. We've just got to keep on pressing that. And we're just a family-owned business and we're 
trying our best and all that, like most of the small breweries um, in Australia. So that's all we can do. Um, and if we're if I can go home each night and be comfortable about the quality of the beer, well, yeah. you know, if we're not selling at Wagga as much as what we'd like, well, fine. But we'll try and sell as much as we can in town. I'll drink the rest of it and, um, you know, occasionally we'll get up to Sydney and down to Melbourne and yeah. sell that beer. Awesome. You know, as well as the fact, like, you know, the amount of... It's awesome what the inner west is happening. How many breweries are popping up? Yeah, um, and we have no intentions of trying to sell all our beer in Sydney or all our beer in Melbourne. We just want to kind of be sprinkled around. So when the new, when you know, a bar in, in Marrickville, yeah, has Batch, has Grifter, has Black Font. You know, they have the usual suspects. Well, they can just kind of go. Oh, Thirsty Crows here. We can get one keg of theirs or two keg of theirs just to change up their beer lineup and that's what we can do in melbourne as well and that and the funny thing for us that geographically like there's 12 million people you know five hour drive and miles does that five hour drive for us but we're in we're we're really in a great position that we can the beers that we've dropped off today came out of the cooler in this morning we drove up we dropped them off and they're on tap today yeah um you know they're fresh as can be um, yeah, that that uh, the rocket ship was it? Yeah, oh, the rocket ships IPA was that the keg like yesterday. It, or was it's probably yeah, it, really, we kegged it yesterday. Tasting really fucking good. It, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It it it's a so that's our third batch of the IPA, um, and it's a West Coast IPA and seven percent and finishes dry as a bone. Mm. Um, some people say there's sweetness in it, but I think it's just. That hot perceived sweetness yeah. that comes through. Like, I mean, there's a know, little bit there, but like it's yeah, it finishes you it. It finishes can't really it, avoid it, right? It finishes at ten oh six. Like that's bone dry. Like yeah. and it's only pound while it's wheat and a bit of Vienna. So it 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 is dry, but the that bittersweet character of the hops that we use, and we use a lot of hops of Simcoe, Meridian, and Chinook, um, and Cascade in that. It's um it's a it's a cracking beer. And, you know, it was filtered yesterday, kegged this morning on tap tonight. Like, it, yeah. <laughs> and we're four hours away, you know. Yeah. It's, it, that's it's probably getting, that's some of the freshest beer that you're yeah. going to get. Just before we wrap up, can you guys talk about all the chili shit that you do at the, <laughs> at the restaurant? Yeah, there's been, yeah. <laughs> there's a, like a lava pizza yeah, yeah, myth yeah. legend yeah. Um, going on. It, uh, tell us yeah, about it's that. Great. <laughs> It's um What's the story behind the lava pizza? I, I think it's a great story. Oh uh, well, like yeah, the the pizzas that we do are uh, are unusual. Um and and the amount of effort to make a Sunday roast pizza with uh a lamb and mint sauce and peas and all that is uh yeah, it's it's just not a wood fired dominoes or whatever fucking shit pizza you want to talk about. But then I guess more so just to try and when we first opened, kind of people thought, okay, well, if we're a pizza and beer bar, well, there's going to be the usual margaritas and Hawaiians and all that. And to, to I guess, give some appeasement to that was like, okay, we'll give you a Hawaiian pizza, but <laughs> there's there's volcanoes in Hawaii, so we'll make the base really fucking hot and call it Hawaiian lava. <laughs> so if you want your pineapple and your ham, like, deal with it and <laughs> and even like they're trying to get get around it by getting like kids pe- asking for a kids pizza yeah it's like nah, nah. nah. It's like, it's, you know sorry like the p- pineapples are covered in sauce in that sauce 
They never were. Yeah. Just, like, <laughs> yeah, that's just yeah, what you tell just, them. Yeah. <laughs> just, just deal with it. Um, and, yeah, that carried on for a bit, and it was funny, and we've had... <laughs> We've had complaints and we've had people call an ambulance because they thought they were dying. Um, yeah, so it's like you're checking out public liability whilst the ambulance is rocking up. <laughs> and then I guess with um, Hawaiian lava, you know, you order a hot pizza, you know what you're going to get. So then the next stage was, well, actually the our neighbour at the time, our business neighbour was a framing store and for some reason she gave me like a casino roulette game for christmas which was like, yeah, yeah she got it from the two dollar shop or something it's like oh and it was sitting there for a year and it's like oh, what are we gonna do with that it's like okay well people know they're gonna get a hot pizza you know everyone knows it's gonna be hot how about we give them a game where they it might be hot or it might not be and, yeah and bring out bring out that spirit so dumplings roulette was born um and it's been unreal and like uh, yeah so sometimes the kitchen kind of i i they don't have the same kind of enthusiasm. Um, yeah, well, they, yeah, I, I just, yeah, they just don't get as much thrill from people seeing pain. Um, so, like, it, they, they temper it down sometimes, and then like we got a one star on Facebook because it wasn't hot enough. Oh it's wow! Like, okay, like, mate, that's a good review. I'll, I'll, I'll take that and bring it back to the kitchen to say, yeah. fucking amp it up. Um, it's a great game. So, and then we even do, uh, we do a beer and barbecue festival that we've done for the last couple of years. And, and that also involves um, Fire in the Hole, which is a chili <laughs> eating comp. And, you know, it's cheap, funny, entertainment. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, those type of things, especially dumplings are all that because, you know, you're coming to, you come to a pub and you can only sustain a conversation, well, I can only sustain a conversation with a mate for so long. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what else are we going to talk about? So, yeah. you know, even if they read the menu and go, oh, look at that, or then they buy it and they go, participate yeah. and talk about it, that's that's what kind of I want my pub to be. You know, I want it to people to entertain people, to create conversation, to them go back or them to go back two months later and say, to friends, oh yeah, we had this and yeah, my yeah. ass hurt for three months. Um, you know, so it's that that's what I do enjoy about the brew pub kind of scene. Yeah. Um and then events like this today at the Royal Albert is at least we get out from Wagga and meet a few more people and there's actually so many people that were there tonight have been to Thirsty Crow and know about yeah, us and yeah. all that and this they're the kind of the ones that are that are spruiking us and saying how good it is, and they're bringing their friends or the family in tonight. And so, yeah, there was a lot of hardcore fans on. There were, tonight. yeah, there yeah, were. It was, it was very surprising, like especially like in Sydney. Um, you know, you, you expect the kind of regular beer nerd crowd, and there were a few today, but there are a lot of people that just loved Thirsty Crow and yeah. came specifically for that, and never really came for anything else for that. Yeah, yeah, for the, for the venue. That's what Miles was saying with six degrees of separation, and for us to be not going through distributors and us delivering the kegs ourselves is, um, you know, they got to they got to meet the people, and I've probably got the best resting bitch face in the world, so everyone thinks <laughs> I'm unapproachable, but it's just <laughs> what I fucking look like. like and that's why so I have a, a job. A lot of people don't come up to me because uh, I'm the same. Think, oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's like, oh, what's your problem? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, I guess that's also helps with Throat to Ruin being in existence where, you know, it kind of cracks their straight face. Yeah. <laughs> 
Awesome. Um, should we get to some recommendations, guys? There's a cheesery in Tasmania called Hawthorn. The son of the cheesery started distilling the cheese way. Yep. And he started making a gin and a vodka. And the, the vodka is like this silky, clean spirit, like this goes with a like espresso martini so wait, amazingly a vodka made out of cheese <laughs> cheese way he did say son oh, of cheese he said son yeah. of the cheesery yeah. not son of the okay. cheese oh, yeah. um my non beer recommendation is it's uh it's a movie called John Wick 2 <laughs> fucking awesome um if you've seen John Wick 1 it's you know it's better than the first one if you haven't seen John Wick 1 it's pretty much James Bond except he fucking kills everyone but that's on stand isn't it? It's John Wick One is on stand. Yeah, John Wick Two just came out I in cinemas a couple of months ago. Like Elf, just yeah, to put me to sleep. Like it's that. really good. Um, and I think they're making like a series out of like the John Wick universe where all the assassins yeah. kind of go into this hotel and the hotel's neutral ground and it's called the Continental. And I think the series is going to be called the Continental. Anyway, that's not the recommendation. The recommendation is John Wick Two. Fucking amazing. Go watch it. My recommendation, outside of beer. Yeah. Uh, Baraka? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's a great recommendation. <laughs> That's I gonna might need that soon. Yeah. Yep. Well, you don't want beer. So. Yeah. Uh, Master of None on okay. Netflix. On Netflix, yeah. Yeah. Aziz Aziri or whatever his name is. Aziz Ansari. Yeah, you kind of go in yeah. thinking it's going to be a comedy and then it's just like more, yeah, just real life drama kind of with a sprinkle of of uh, laughter. That's it's, the um, best kind yeah. of comedy. Yeah, it was it was yeah. really good. Um, so there was two scenes of that that I just watched. So yeah, and I don't it. really watch too much outside yeah. of sport. Yeah, uh, but that was one that I yeah, enjoyed. that's me too. Yeah, <laughs> I watch mostly sport. Yeah, sweet beer recommendation, Miles. Craig made me go when I was in Melbourne. I got a case of Firestone, and yeah, it was the first release in bottles in which, Australia. Which um, Union Jack. Union, Union Jack, Jack yeah, and yeah. I cracked that for the first time, and it was the nose was big, and it tasted yeah, delicious, and I tried to steal more of his, <laughs> but he wouldn't let me. Nice. Um, we recently had a tap takeover of Tazzy Beers in the Albert, and my standout was the Hobart Iron Pot Rye Porter. Um, yeah, just really well-made porter, just a hint of rye, drank awesome. Uh, it was it kicked the ass of like all the big stouts that we had on at the same time. Yeah, 4.8%, beautiful. So if you can get it, go for it. Okay, oh, where can you get it? Currently in Sydney, I probably nowhere. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's um they they are available in Tasmania obviously. Uh they cold ship to New South Wales and Victoria, but it's very rare that they get in. So Yeah. Yeah. You might be able to find it in the East Coast. Well, continuing along those rare lines that you won't be able to get it. But this exact day last year I went to I had my first holiday in 20 years and uh, went to America and yep. did San Diego to Portland, uh, me and my wife and our 10-month-old baby, and we got to 49 breweries in 28 days. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the best beer I had on that trip was uh, a place called Crux Fermentation in Bend. Oh, yeah. And it's a beer called Freak Cake, um, part of their um, yeah barrel-age series of beers, and it was like a Flanders Red on um, bourbon barrels, and it, was, it is the best beer I've ever had in my life. 
Um, so I guess, you know, there's people listening to this are definitely beer heads and most of them would go do that trip over to America and that would be one that would be like the go-to beer and, yeah, awesome. and love. I would love to go to Bend. Um, it was phenomenal. Yeah, I've, yeah. Been to, I've been to Portland, but I've never been outside of Portland and Oregon. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, thank guys for joining us um, on the podcast. Yeah, cheers for having hopefully us. To, hopefully we'll catch you soon. Well, uh, yeah, down in Wagga. Well, yeah, well, the Dave's Home Brew Tours is like uh, the the. There's an event that Thirsty Crow should probably do for Good Beer Week to say this is the prelude or yeah. this is the Hangover Cured. Come stay with us. Yeah, um, and it's a big drive, so you know it's a big drive. And like we we dropped by uh, Thirsty Crow on the way back from the Darker Days uh, Festival with Dave's, so mm. it was officially part of the tour. Mm. And I, I think it's a great stop. Awesome for lunch. Just a great venue. You can get good coffee there as well. Uh, it's the best coffee in Wagga. Yeah. Miles gave us a nice brewery tour. Uh, yeah. And yeah. So, Dave, get on it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's going to hate this. but <laughs> See yeah. you soon, Dave. <laughs> well, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, thank you. Um, cheers. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks. See ya. Sessionable. Thanks for listening to today's episode, which has been brought to you by Dave's Travel and Events Group. If you're strapped for time because you've been listening to this podcast for too long, they've got a great new thing they're calling the 2 by 2 Evening Tour. Two of Sydney's best breweries in two hours with loads of beer included and a pub meal at the end just to seal the deal. It's excellent value and doesn't take up a lot of your time, so get amongst it. Hit up daves.com.au. See you later.